today is a special day. Uh, with me, I have Ben Lopez. Ben is, he's, it's, it's just an honor having you here. Uh, ben Lopez is a producer. He's, uh, I think you, didn't you direct some music videos in the past? I, I, I basically have been the Swiss Army knife of every, <laughs> every job. I've been every job life. you've done. <laughs> Let's say that he's a director. <laughs> because I know you, I, I know you're so involved also with the writing process. So I, I mean, when I think of you, I, I think of so many things. And for those of you listening right now, Ben, if you went, if you have anything to do with the Latino community and this business and the entertainment business, he's the man to know. And for those Latino kids out there, anybody, uh, he's the person that represents uh, the best in us, uh, the artists out there struggling, hustling. He's, um, he's one of those that not just speaks for us, but fights for us and, and, and just puts a good face every, every time. And, and Ben, the one thing I love about you and <laughs> is that I've met you as a teacher. Uh, we were in Mexicali and, and I knew you were a producer. I, I knew very little about you, but I knew I, I met you as a teacher. You're like, I'm about to teach these kids to about producing. I think it was. And, and, and basically, while I was meeting you, you gave me a class. And then you're like, if you want another class, come tomorrow to my class. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I love that about you. I, I, I started respecting you uh, because I really take, I really appreciate people that teach. Uh, it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm in the movies. I am in charge of this. I'm in charge of that. But not many people say, I'm going to fly to Mexicali to this festival to teach a class. And that says a lot about who you are. And then after that, we met in LA and we, then I realized, oh my God, Ben is not just this teacher. <laughs> He's also the executive director of NALIP, which is the National Association of Latino Pro Independent Producers, which is huge. And, and I don't know if many people get to meet you, you know, like me, but, um, but when I think of you, I think of an educator. I, I think of someone that wants to educate not just, you know, different cultures about the Latino culture, but also our own culture about who we are, about what we have, who, how, how can we really improve ourselves? And, and I wanted to start asking you, how, where does that fire come from? Like, where does that intention to educate because you know that by educating us we can project better we can understand better right where does that come from i because i love that about you uh, i i think as an early age i was taught to always pay it forward um that no matter how fortunate you were to be alive be learning be thriving in whatever industry is like always give back to the community and yes. if you can't give a job or even money or anything, at least give your time. And time is very precious, right? And so I, I was gifted that since, since I was a little kid. And I think I, I told you that story when um, I lived a, I grew up, well, I was born in Mexico City. I grew up in this little town of, of, of Guaymas, Sonora, Mexico, and then <laughs> Tucson, Arizona. So, but in, in Guaymas, I had a Cinema Paradiso type of life where I, instead of befriending the projectionist of the movie theater, I befriended the ticket lady. And <laughs> that was such a gift to me because that was one of the best escapes that I had. But a lot of people didn't know like, well, 
how did you do that, Ben? How, how old were you? I was like, well, I was between, believe it or not, between six to nine years old. Wow. This is what I would do. You were, I would, re you were really that kid uh, from Cinema, yeah, Cinema Paradise. <laughs> I would raise chickens, and this is a lot of people don't know this. I would raise little chicks into chickens, and then I would sell them, and then I would buy books. I would read those books, and then I would trade them or sell them, and then that's how I got the money to go to the movies. Wow. Once that lady found that out, she was like, you know what? Um, you don't have to pay half of the time. Like, don't worry. And then after a while, she just let me go. And I would obviously use that money for popcorn or to bring other <laughs> friends. I would spend there all day. And because of that, and obviously other teachers that were also very giving to me, I always felt like that lady made such a difference of letting me, if some of those movies that I watched, by the way, they were probably R-rated. But guess what? <laughs> She just that 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 generosity that came from a community member. I felt so supported, and then people started giving me books once they knew that I love books, and they were like, "Ben, read this book wow. and read that book." And so that was my early early part. So ever since those you know growing up years, it, it incalculated in me that the gift of giving. And anytime that someone tells me, "Hey, Ben, you have," because now I'm so busy, right? Everybody's busy, but yes. Um, People tell me, hey, can you mentor? Can you go speak to a class of, especially people that are trying to get into this industry, mm -hmm. young folks, emerging folks. I can talk to anybody, but I definitely have a soft spot for those folks that are lesser fortunate, the, the ones that yes. are, are grossly underrepresented in the industry. So I love to be able to give back. So that's how you met me in that, in that stage. And, and I still do it every day. Not many people have that quality or that sensibility. And, and that's just awesome. I had a question for you. I know that you're supposed to ask me questions, but yeah, see, no. what, what was the first early moment in your life when you remember wanting to get into this industry? What was that first mentor that, that you had that you remember? Was I don't know if it was a movie theater that you met somebody there or if it was maybe a play that you did. I'm, I'm curious about that. Oh, you know, I danced my whole life, right? Since I was a child. And dancing is yeah. like telling a story with your body. It's just music and you're telling a story with your body from the beginning to the end. And it just, and also dancing is such a short career. And I always wanted a career for life. I just didn't like short-term commitments with anything. I just never liked it, never felt comfortable. Uh, and, and when I turned 15, I, my, I told my parents, I don't want to dance anymore. I started seeing my friends getting injured and I'm like, I... I don't know if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I mean, it's such a short career. And then a friend of mine said, why don't you try theater? Theater is like kind of like dancing. You're on a stage, you're telling a story, but it's with your voice. You actually mm. have to memorize and say a dialogue and there's an audience. And I don't know why nobody ever said this before, but I just went to the theater in Havana. I went to La Casa de la Cultura del Vedado and I went to the person that he recommended me to. And Ben, it was weird. I sat down just to watch the class and I was terrified to say, hi, I want to start this because I didn't know what this is. But I sat down and I watched the first scene. They were putting a scene from Santa Camila de la Habana Vieja. That's a play, very, very authentic Cuban play. And this, my teacher, Humberto Rodriguez Garcia, which is like one of the biggest mentors in Havana, uh, he said, okay, let's do Santa Camila. And, and they started doing this and I saw it so hard. I, I, this lady transformed into something else. And I, I remember I felt so intimidated by that. 
But that intimidation became excitement and empowerment. And I was sitting in that chair like, oh my God, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> and that's how I discovered it. It's just, it was just, it's just being exposed to it once. I, I was just exposed to it and that's it. And I just, and then the way I said, I stood up and I talked to the teacher, I said, I want to do that. I knew it. I was like, I, I could do this forever. I could be an old lady and play anything. And, and, and that longevity, I, I feel like you tell me when it comes to this business or any business, it's so refreshing to think of long-term relationships, right? Oh, yeah. Like mm -hmm. when you get into this business, you have to think of yourself in this career in the long term. And, and, and I, and I, I don't, I'm, when I say this, I don't mean just to be an actor. Like I decided to right. write, I decided to direct, but I'm in the same business. And, and when you think of friends and people you talk to and they help you grow, I want to keep them forever because I feel like those are the people that will really push you, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like it, you push, like I when like I you. called you about po the podcast, I, I was, because you knew yeah. so many people in the Latino community and then you said, well, I could do it. I'm like, oh my God, this will be amazing conversation. But you see, it's, it's one of those things that I, those relationships, they're like the ones that would push you, they, they, they would challenge you. I, I call them accountability buddies because they're, and, and, you know, nice. I always call it diamonds, polishing diamonds, right? Yes. Because once you, it, it is a commitment to be in this career. Uh, I admire all the work that you put in. A lot of people, I don't know if, I'm sure that you covered a lot of parts of your life in the podcast, mm -hmm. but people, I, I'm, I'm sure, because I got in a really great glimpse and talking to you about, you know, life, because I still, I know that you work so hard and so, <laughs> sacrifice so much that I knew immediately that you were one of the good ones. I knew that because oh. understanding this career, you run into a lot of talent, a lot of actors that are trying to come up and everybody has their different takes on the way they approach the art and craft, the body being an instrument, the way they're, they're trying to figure out. And I knew immediately that you were working on turning yourself into, not only you were an entrepreneur, but you were creating opportunities yes. for you to express your craft in a much bigger level. And mm -hmm. that immediately felt that's someone that's an ally because that's exactly what I'm trying to do in my space. So I always think of, you know, the, the stories that we're always attracted by is the quest, right? When you right. go on a quest together, right? You are able to travel farther when you have several people that are part of that quest with you. And in this case, you've been such a source of inspiration and we're mutually helping each other out because the North Star that we set for ourselves is not just like, what are we going to do in five years, Ben? It's like, no, we're going to go beyond five yeah, years. Yeah, of go, course. We're going to disrupt this industry in 50 years. Right, before that, right? <laughs> I think that we, in less than three years, we can, you know, between three and five years, just to be realistic, we can get our numbers of Latinos. It's not just the numbers, right? The, the quantities, the quality of Latinos in our industry to be creating quality type of shows on every single platform, right? Huh. I think we're very close to getting there. There's like a tsunami of, of talent out there. Another area that I really appreciate about, that's why I felt very, the kinship with you, was that you always want to make everybody around you better. You're so generous. Even all the actors that you work with, they always mm -hmm. express that about you, about you all the time. Because oh, I've watched sweet. the interviews too, and I always see, they always say, she's so generous because 
And I know this from being on set that mm -hmm. sometimes when let's say you're not on camera, right? Let's say they're playing off you and you're, you know, you're up, you're basically the back of your head is showing, <laughs> you're giving us so much to work with. Yes. That is a generous performer. That's mm -hmm. someone that's always giving back and they make you better. So from a producing and a, you know, per perspective, I see that's someone that's always going to travel far because you're always giving back. So when I see someone like you, I think of like, obviously, how can I help her? Mm -hmm. What is she, what does she want to launch? What is her three to five year to 10 year plan? And how does she want to disrupt the industry in the, mm -hmm. in, in the most positive way? And so I think that people that are look, you know, you know how it is. A lot of people are lost. Uh, sometimes they get lost and they're not even in Hollywood, right? Sometimes yes. they show up in LA, uh, they buy a plane ticket or they drive all the way to Los Angeles <laughs> or New York. Either they want to go off Broadway doing plays or they mm -hmm. show up with maybe, I don't know, five hundred dollars. Five hundred bucks. <laughs> Two hundred fifty. That's all I hear. And by the way, it's not just those ones who have maybe have five hundred dollars. There's also the ones that are crossing over from Latin America. The yes. ones that maybe they experience success in Televisa, Caracol, and all mm -hmm. these different channels, even from Spain. They arrive in LA and they realize, uh oh, even though I'm a star in that country, here in LA, I got to start from the bottom. Crash. And yeah. so that another key part about seeing the humbleness because i know from everything that i discussed with you that from the moment you arrived here you were not afraid to work because you no. were always doing that the hustle and so yes. those are the people that i want to collaborate with the ones that are not afraid to put in the work mm -hmm. you're also naturally curious that's yes. something that believe it or not you always want to know why things work and mm -hmm. how you can become better and so I love that aspect of you. Not everybody's in this quest to learn and learn and learn. They kind of want to just go through the motions and see where it takes them. Um, I think I share that story with you of someone that, uh, an actor that I met, that the first thing that he bought from uh, some commercials that he did was like, he got, I think he made like $10,000, right? Just from uh -huh. a commercial. Uh -huh. And I remember hearing the story because I was sitting having lunch with a lot of actors and he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, so what did you do with it? Because I was thinking, oh, maybe he's taking classes like with Meissner or Stanislavski or, you know, like he's going to the Investing gym. Investing in sure yourself. Talking. Yeah. But you know what I heard? And I think you were like, you almost <laughs> spit up your coffee when you were talking to me or food. I can't remember right now. But I told you, he's in, in two pairs of pants, like jeans that were like $5,000 design jeans, two of them. That and I'm like thinking, well, if you're maybe in fashion or maybe a model, I get it, or indulgent. But I'm like, that person could have advanced so much more. So mm -hmm. a lot of people that come to this industry, sometimes they get a little cash, or maybe they get they, they get one show, one commercial, and they think they made it to the pinnacle of the business. But I always think of long sustainable goals to try to advance. And you were one of the the I'm, I'm not, I, I meet hundreds of actors here in this industry, mm -hmm. and you were one of the first ones, you know, that I heard that, you know what, Ben, just in case I do have my work, I do all of this, but I'm still hustling. And I oh, yeah. love that. So those yeah. are the type of people. So anyway, so going back to the quest, I think that's where you kind of gravitate towards your tribe. Who's going to truly make you better? Right. Right. You know, when it's funny that you say that, I, uh, when... People, when you get into this business, this business is not a business like being a doctor, like you do five years of like college and then you pick a profession and then you can go to a hospital and you still have to hustle, but it's kind right. of predictable. And this mm -hmm. business is very interesting. It's like, not many businesses are like that. Like you can make it to LA with $500 
and you can still make it within six months to a big movie that you can break through. But you can also be in a position that you have to hustle for years, years and years, and you see no, nothing, no, no results. But the key is when you make it to LA, what is your intention? Why are you here? Why are you doing this? Because it's that the, when you answer why, that's going to carry you through the hard times. Like when you get no response, you're like, I remember why I'm here. I'm here because I have a purpose. I love telling stories. I love interpreting this. You need to answer that. Why are you doing this in the first place? Because that that's, and, and then everything you do has to lead you towards that, to keep up that answer. Like I'm doing this because of this. And, and it's funny because some people are like, yes, they make some money and, and they think they make it. They don't really understand why they're doing this then. Maybe they're doing it to dress better. Maybe they're doing it to like feed something that they are insecure about. Um, maybe they, they, they needed to like create a facade that they thought Hollywood is, but it's really not. And, and I always had that very clear. And you're right. I always felt that with you. Well, I met you in Mexico teaching kids. So I figured this is someone that is passionate about it, what you do. And then obviously meeting you in different aspects of your life as a director in Nalip, you know, the events that you put together, the people you connect. And not just that, Ben, I, and the summits you do, you don't realize, but you, you also educate, you put people in a place to educate others. You know, when you cannot do it yourself, you actually direct an entire summit that is all about education. And you have not many people in this business do that. No, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and that pays off because everybody is being showered by, by your vision. And eventually oh. these people are going to become professionals. And guess what's going to happen? Ben created this future that I live today. I have learned so much about women in this industry through Nalip, through you, through your curation of who should I learn from. And, and I mean, it, it, it goes to tell you that uh, everything you're planting, it's, it's really working and, and it's working through education. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the, well, first of all, thank you. And then two, it's also teamwork, right? So I've, Massive. I've been forward. So I try to bring up people the way that they brought me up. So the best, <laughs> so nice. have, <laughs> the best mentors that I have have always been women, women of color, like, you know, especially Latinas, black women, they've always, they've, they've always held me to a higher standard. You know, like, you know, when you're, when you think you're doing great, but then in the perception of other people, sometimes they're like, man, you're doing good, but you could do better. Now, some people, you know how it is, especially in this business, you take that feedback and you could be like, oh my God, I'm messing up or I'm doing it wrong. Or you could be defensive or you could be like, you know what, this is, maybe I am messing up maybe, or maybe they don't know anything they're talking, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. In my case, because my sister raised me, you know, um, <laughs> You know, early enough, my mom was not my, in my life. You know, when I was a little kid, my parents got divorced. Mm -hmm. My sister took that job. Well, you know, because wow. it, it was like a kids racing kids, right? 
So mm-hmm. she was not even a teenager and she was racing me. And so wow. she always held me to a higher standard. So it, the best mentors that I've had in my life, by the way, I'm still in, t- in contact with, uh, for example, my, it's a fifth grade ESL teacher, sixth grade ESL teacher, Miss McBride. I'm still in touch with her. This is after so many years because I always told her, you gave me the ability to speak this language. And she's like, no, you did all the hard work. I'm like, but you don't understand, miss. Dude, I still call her Miss McBride. I'm like, <laughs> this power to be able to touch people, like, because now I'm able to pass on that gift of teaching. So when I entered this industry, it was mostly, I'm going to be honest, it was mostly women of color, Latinas, that decided to take a chance on me. And I've always felt so grateful for them. So wow. it's my job. That, that makes sense. And now, yeah. And, and the other part of it was being a matchmaker. I don't know why. Maybe it's in the DNA. Maybe it's in the water. Maybe maybe <laughs> the way that I grew up in Tucson, you kind of feel like beyond giving back, I love when people succeed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you get nomination, when mm-hmm. you get on the trades, and I, I celebrate with you. That's why I'm one of the first ones to tweet and be like, congratulations. I yes. see you kicking butt. And even mm-hmm. when, let's just say, even with other actors, maybe their their show is struggling, or maybe they're going through bad ratings or whatever. I'm still there. Like, You're the first like, cheerleader. Yes. In las malas, you know, on the good times and, and and the challenging times, right? So I love when people succeed. Not everybody's able to do that because in this industry, when there's very limited number of Latinos, right, mm-hmm. here on the screen, yes. when you see another Latino succeed, sometimes you feel like, oye, pero si, if that person's succeeding, está, está ganando el premio, then I don't get that prize. I'm like, I don't think so. There's more for everybody. Yes. So the other part that I was inculcated by these women was, can you inspire other people? Like be a creative whisperer. And I learned to become a creative whisperer. Wow. You know, when I was kind of like the behind the scenes, kind of like the ninja, the Jedi behind the scenes, <laughs> like, what do you need? Like, oh, no, es que mira, estoy buscando IP para televisión y quiero yeah. buscar director. I'm like, okay, great. So for me, those are, those are basically like marching orders in my, in my wow. brain. Even if you're not asking me to do that, you know, like Ben, I, I, I didn't, sometimes that happens, right? I didn't expect you for you to come up with like two or three names. I'm like, I'm already thinking, Okay, Dane está haciendo un show, va a hacer esto. Like, she's thinking of like, oh, she's going to be directing. Like, oh, she's going to direct and eventually she's, who knows? She's going to become executive producer of many shows coming up and so on. So I'm always thinking, how do I become the best advisor, but also the best uh, champion for her vision, right? Because I want to support that vision. And also connect with real stuff, not just like, you know, I can give you advice all day, right? Oh, you know what you should do? Everybody does that in this industry, right? Your managers, <laughs> agents, everybody. You know what you should do? But in yeah. this case, it's like, Mira, I know you didn't ask for it, for this, but mm-hmm. I think you might want to read this book, this website. And by the way, mm-hmm. do you know what's going on in the industry? That's what I found is the most helpful way to help people. Sometimes you don't tell them what to do. It's better not to tell them what to do. It's better to like educate them right? and then open up the world. And then sometimes they give you more information back because they might say, you know what, Ben, I think that this industry is going to move here. And I take that information and I'm like, you know what? It's so smart because we're now helping each other out the way other cohorts of people help themselves out. So I'm a nerd, by the way. That's the other thing that I'm so proud of. Back in the day, people used to think, well, nerds is like a demeaning word, this and that. I'm happy and, and, and proud to be a nerd because... I go back to the history of this industry and I see you, right? 
just mm-hmm. like the, the stars of every era, I see you're the star of this era that's building mm-hmm. up. And people have no idea that you're about to blow that. I, mm-hmm. I can't cuss on the show, but you're going to blow up even <laughs> Okay, don't understand what it takes to do that. So if I'm able to be part of that journey, I think that's that's the best way. But also the business. I think at some point we'll, we'll cover that on, on, on this podcast is how to demystify the business. Not only, I think you cover the, the relationship aspect, the mm-hmm. fact that you got to trust people because it's hard to yes. trust people here in the right. land of maybes. Hollywood, yes. La La Land, right? La La Land. Being <laughs> able to kind of like, hey, you know what? Are you paying attention to what's going on in TV versus film versus this? Where is the money being invested coming from? Who are the people to know? And I love being able to see like, hey, there's there's a grenade or a pitfall coming up right there yes. in front of your path. Other people in the business, they might warn, they might not warn you because either because they're too busy or maybe they just kind of want you to fail. They're like, yeah. ah, but it can pass. But for me, it's like, no, you know what? Watch out because that could that could be a challenge that will keep you really distracted for three to five years. And you don't need that in your life. So that kinship and allyship and mentorship, empowerment, everything that we've been discussing, it's rare in this industry because can can be honest is because Latinos, at least in the, 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 Mm -hmm. this side of things, I think Latinos have been, we're behind about 30, 40 years in this business. And so we're catching up now. So that's why it feels so good to get to know people like us that are now helping other people to empower them. Yes. And this is the best part. We're not asking for anything in return, except can you guys pay it forward? Like mm-hmm. I never asked for anything in return. I always tell people, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you mentor someone? Because I know in your case, you've been mentoring a lot of people already. But mm-hmm. I always ask, because they always ask me, Ben, what can I do for you? I'm like, just mentor some, especially young Latinas, Afro-Latinx coming up, uh, you know, LGBTQ+. Wow. Plus, like, of color can you do that because there's not many of us up here so anyway that's and so anyway doing that brings not only does it bring uh, warmth into my heart but i'm also thinking about the business i'm also thinking about resiliency. you're doubling down yes I'm because people. i'm investing in in in, in the, the nation of the world because you, you're gonna be changing this industry you're mm-hmm. gonna be iconic you already mm-hmm. are in my eyes but <laughs> no, you're gonna keep you. it better so you know what i mean yeah, I, I, when I came here to, 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 to the U.S., I didn't speak English. And I, I, when I talking about finding people that vibrate at the same time, right, I always focus on contribution. At first, I wanted to understand the language. Then I want to be understood, which is like, do you understand? I would say that, is it clear? Does it, does, do you get it? Like, I would say that all the time. And then after that, I would, I would try to contribute. Like, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I learn? Because by helping others, you learn so much without being in the spotlight. You know, when you help others, you're really helping other people, but you're you're learning through them too, by helping them with things that you never knew before. Hey, can you help me with that? I've never done that before. I'll do it. Let me figure this out. And and, and it it has a lot to be... uh, you have to be curious too, and you have to not be afraid to say no. And, and people are very concerned about what others will think of them. And that really stops, can really stop your process. If you just don't give a crap <laughs> and give it a shot and focus on contribution, eventually that's going to pay off so much because that's really, for me, 
being financially secure, it has to do with the contribution that you put out there that eventually is going to be paid into a salary. So the more sharp, the sharper you are in your craft, the more value you're going to become. And then therefore, eventually you're going to be one in 10 that could do that job, which is mm-hmm. so hard to do. And, and I, I felt like being a Latina, a Latina that comes from another country that didn't speak the language, I didn't focus on the problems. I focus on the solutions and, and finding those sol- and being a nerd, like yeah. a crazy nerd about those solutions. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to read everything. I'm going to watch everything. And, and, and I think that this can really, anybody can relate to this. If you're Asian, you know, if you don't really know what, if you're afraid to jump into anything, just be a nerd about solutions, like just go crazy with that. Cause Believe it or not, not many people are like that. You think that you're against like a bunch of people wanting to succeed? Not, not really. I have a question for you about the, the language aspect of things because it happens to me all the time because now it's happening to me in reverse. When I do presentations in Latin America or in Spain or, you know, a lot of times I'm doing it virtually now, sometimes I struggle now with Spanish. I know. And <laughs> I know we all talk about that nidia aquí, nidia allá, and people are like, well, you got to find your identity and you got to figure out by your place in the world, your existential crossroads <laughs> where you're at in life. So here as a U.S.-based Latinx, by the way, that, that would take three-hour podcast just to talk about what Latinx means, but I think for me, it just means an exclusive, in, very inclusive type inclusive. of term. It means on the, side rights, on, the, on the right side of human rights and, you know, and, and really embrace your people. And I get a lot of flack from people saying, well, what about Latina? What about this? What about that? I always tell them, look, that's the term that I use to make sure that my people feel welcome. Mm-hmm. And some people feel comfortable using Hispanic, Latino, all of that. But we're not going to get into that because that would be another podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about the language aspect of it because for the first few years, because both of you and I were essentially immigrants. I feel like I'm generation yeah. 1.5 already because mm-hmm. I got here very early as a youngster, right? So right. I absorbed all of American culture. I always felt more American than Americans, right? Because <laughs> yes. I better than America, like like the typical, you know, US citizen. They they know their history, but then later on, after a while, I was like, how come I know more of their history than they and, and they always saw me as a foreigner, right? But totally. I was embraced by good people, at least in Arizona. But mm-hmm. also, I got the, I'm sure that you, all of us have encountered that racism, xenophobia, nimbyism, yeah. all the isms. And in my case, I, I always felt like, okay, I got to improve my accent, el acento, because claro. certain words that we, and then we, there's that insecurity sometimes that grabs you as a, totally. as a especially as a youngster. There's part of almost like a trauma, PTSD, or bullies <laughs> making fun of you by the way you pronounce things, right? And right. as adults, people can still be bullies, by the way. They're like, así no se pronuncia. Especially when people say, it's L- Los Angeles. I'm like, no, it's Los Angeles. Now I'm starting to become more like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? It's Los Angeles. <laughs> right? Or El Paso, you know, stuff like that. And now, is Tucson. I'm like, no, it's Tucson. That's Tucson. That's actually- but now I'm wondering if, if you can tell me a little bit more about that, but also the, the, the reverse effect of that when you're now talking in Spanish and Espanol con otras audiencias with other audiences, when they're kind of like, oh, I didn't quite understand what you're saying, especially a lot of our terms about the industry are in English. Like the other day I was trying to talk about reverse crossover and how to find IP that was and I, and I was like, propiedad intelectual, IP. And they're like, no, hablamos inglés también. We speak English too. I'm like, 
you're right. I need to understand the subtleties of that. So I'm just curious about how you feel about, because sometimes you feel, something else I want to add too. Sometimes you feel a little frustrated because you know what that word is in whatever language, but then you're, you're, you are kind of like sometimes struggle with the way that you're being perceived. But now it's with my Latino Americano. Your actual people. I want to be accepted and embraced by them, right? Because yes. I want to make sure that they're inspired by everything that we're achieving in the U.S. and, and making it more accessible. I call them my primos. Todos nuestros primos en la <laughs> Son <los> primos. <laughs> even brasileiros, ¿no? Que, que hablan portugués, right? They, they speak mostly Portuguese. I want to make sure that they feel welcome. But I wonder how, how, how you play, with, especially with those dynamics, how do you navigate in those waters? Because I'm sure you have to promote your show in Latin America as well and yes. do it in Spanish. So I'm just curious about that aspect of it. You know, when I, when I came to the U.S., I focused so much on trying to learn English, to be understood. Then I focus, like you said, on the accent, and and it was so hard because I, you, you know, you play characters, but a lot of the meetings are like audition one on one. You get to an audition, you're talking to the director, the producer, the casting director, and you're like, oh, I, I can't just like talk without an accent only at my line. I have to really project, and so I focus so much on being effective in this culture, mm. Be- and because I was not dealing with my culture so i was in the in los angeles i i, I was I, I all days english english so i have to be effective here to survive as an actor or or as a person and then and i knew i was behind i knew i was behind in in everything like like i had to learn how to communicate in english i i, I was behind i didn't know so i i became a nerd about making things work <laughs> obsessive about it about like being understood, being clear in an interview. Oh, I need to know my, my log line. I need to know what this intention is. I know the message of my movie. I, I want to just be so clear. So then I go, to, um, I, I go to do a movie in Venezuela. And then talking about a character, I, I couldn't say it in Spanish. Mm. Ben, it made me so sad. It, it made me feel for the first time because in, in the US, I'm like, I'm from Cuba and I'm trying to get through you. I know who I am and I'm going to get through you. But now I am in Latin, in, in a, I'm not from Venezuela, but I'm in a country that speaks my language, that we, we, we dance the same music, we, we, we laugh at the same things, yet I could not be effective. Mm. And I remember I went to my, my, my hotel room and I sat down and I felt like, a, I felt like I was, I, I was missing a part of me mm. because I was so focused on, foc- uh, on getting to people that are, you know, in the U.S. I, I just, uh, that I forgot, uh, like a string was missing in me. And then I realized, not a string, I, I was missing so many strings. <laughs> and then I, I, then I started being a nerd into, okay, how can I really project, uh, talk about a character with that vocabulary I, that I never used before. Because when I left Cuba, I was not the actress I, I am today. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have the knowledge I had today in my field. So how can I translate that to my language? And, I, and, I, and in a way, I felt really proud of myself for fighting so hard to be good at something. And now I have to, I have to, but so I have to like uh, translate everything kind of like, how can I be effective in my language with my long knowledge today? Because something is not together. 
something is not together. My mind is somewhere. My my Spanish is somewhere. It's not like I cannot speak Spanish, but I know what I'm talking about. But here I cannot be effective. <laughs> and everybody's looking at me. We can speak English. I'm like, no, no. What? Déjame hablar, por favor. Espérate un momentico. Déjame decir lo que quiero decir. And then I realized that I, <laughs> and then I realized that I fought so hard to be good at this, that I have yeah. to, because it was not easy. Like I said, I, I become obsessed about solutions and, and being open-minded and all that. And I just grabbed that and I just put everything into Spanish. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I, and I, and not just that, because you know, Ben, and, and you know this as an immigrant, you want to be effective. I don't want to tell somebody you're wrong, I'm right. I want to be effective with my point. I want you to understand it. Let's talk about it. Let's figure this out. You don't want to like push something that doesn't work. You want to like transform it. The same thing into Spanish. I'm like, okay, I want to be effective with my people. When I talk to them about what I do, I want to be understood. I don't want to push something that doesn't quite fit if they don't get it. I want to be able to translate it into Spanish with the right vocabulary. <laughs> that and, and it took time. Because you see, Ben, you see what's happening to you is that you are one of this, one of a kind that comes from Mexico, lived in Tucson, fought really hard to be who you are today. You are a producer. You're a content director. You you're president of Nalib. You you are so many things. You were not that person when you left your country. Right. You are this man that you created. This 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 human. Now you have to translate all your knowledge into into in, into another language for real. Right. And that's it, hard, right? It's a, yeah. I think you have built a superpower, especially your entire body is an instrument to express this artistic vision and expression. And, yes. and I love that. And, and that my, in the way that I do it is obviously through empowering people, um, facilitating, making it easier every time that someone's trying to em embark on this career. Um, what I'm seeing now is that your superpower, right? As, as, as an actor, as a, as a this director, because you're also a director and you also mm -hmm. write, is that as a content creator, now this superpower that you have in multiple languages it's opening up a really interesting dynamic here because you have 500 million eyeballs in Latin America and Spain, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, the box office or the ratings in, in foreign countries is sometimes higher than the U.S. In your case, you're getting to know your people are getting to know you from a global perspective because what I love about the, the show that you're on is that this genre travels. It's, yes. it's it goes beyond language, but what people don't know that's coming because there's several movies that are coming out uh, uh, from you on the independent side and more stuff that, that you're cooking up behind the scenes. Obviously, I'm sure that you'll reveal it eventually. Mm -hmm. But I think what's great about this is that now, even though we're like, we know where we're from, we got the security of all that background, but we turn ourselves into global citizens. I'm very yes. proud to live here in LA. I'm very mm -hmm. proud to be a combination of all the men, everybody that <laughs> incorporated the best values in me. But now that I get to be a global citizen, and that's why I love being in this journey with you, is because now we're imparting, and this is what where I'm so proud of, we're getting to demonstrate what we're creating here in LA and projecting it for global audiences. Because people didn't know that, because they were thought, oh, wait a minute, 
this is what I always get into sometimes heated, not even heated arguments. When, we, when I was, I did a keynote uh, speech in at the European film market in Berlin, right? And the oh, first sweet. thing that they asked me, even before I got on stage, they were like, so what's a, what's a Latino in the U.S.? What is that U.S. Latino or Latinx thing that you're talking about? I was like, whoa, that's going to take me a while to explain. <laughs> but then I basically told them, look, guys, here's the premise. The premise is that there's at least 60 million of us living in the U.S. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're a global citizen. And yeah, with a pandemic, we might, you know, move around a little bit, fix it up. Yeah. But I'm, I'm staying here in L.A. I, I mean, I plan to have my life here, you know, obviously we might be on location shooting or something like that. It's all good, but we're global citizens. But I want to project this image of Latinos basically being, being this driving force of creativity that can be viable, meaning that yeah. it's good for business, it's good for the soul, and it's going to bring something special to their lives. And I'm seeing it on, uh, for example, all, all week I was watching, because I'm curious about what you're watching too, um, I'm watching Rom. Rom uh, this documentary about rock and espanol uh, that's made by Nico Antel. I'm watching obviously um, a lot of musicals, like all because it makes me, you know, because of all the stress, sometimes musical helps. Yes. Um, but I'm so proud of that, being able to understand what rock and espanol has been to our journey here in mm -hmm. the States, but also all these influences. And then knowing that the people that are based here in the US are projecting a, an, an incredible vision that could really inspire everybody around the world. So you're doing the same thing. And I'm just curious about what makes you proud, especially now, because you, you became a new entity per se. Obviously you're proud of being a Cubana, but mm -hmm. you live in the state and now yes. your family's here, obviously your nuclear yeah. family's here. And so now do you feel, I guess my question is, do you feel a sense of responsibility? I know it's so, so much weight on the shoulders. <laughs> of representing US Latinos in a way that can help the world understand us better? Hundred percent. Okay. I I think so. And you know, uh, it's funny. I during the lockdown, I started doing karaoke's and chats on lives, and I started doing it three times a week. Like I would literally sit down, and I, I'm like you, music. I don't know if it's Latino or not. Like we just freaking love music, <laughs> and I would just basically sing in Spanish and English any song from like Juan Gabriel to like Queens. Yeah to like singing in Spanish and English. And then I would, um, then we will do a chat about how can we be better and all that. And music really unite, not just Latinos, but Americans, Europeans, because now with social media and we, and some of them even speak Spanish now They they sing Despacito so many times, you know, like, but it's, it's a celebrate. I mean, celebrating who we are. It's my responsibility. I mean, it's, it's, it's really an exchange. It's really what makes us fun. You know, like being a Latina, it's like, hey, let's sing in Spanish and English. I don't speak Spanish. It's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, let's just put it all out there. That's exactly what I did. And, and it just makes you live life richer, like in a very rich way. And then everything started with the karaoke and chats, Spanish and English. And then everybody's like, hey, Donai, do you make um, tostones? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to teach you how to make tostones. <laughs> And then I, I, I now have a Cooking with La Familia. Now it's called oh, a YouTube channel. It's called Cooking with La Familia because they call each other La Familia. And they're like from everywhere. Tomorrow I'm going to be doing arroz con pollo. I already told them what to get uh, and tostones. And, and we are going to be cooking together. And Ben, there is nothing more exciting. It just, it's, it just fills me up with joy that I get to share 
a part of my childhood, of my culture with everybody. And we cook together because it's alive. And, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know, it's a responsibility, but it's also fun. You know, it's also, it's really fun. I mean, I love my food. It's like, you know, it's like, um, it's, it's, um, it's exciting. It's like when we meet together, we go to this Brazilian place. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, it's Brazilian food. It's like you, it's, 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 it's also, it's fun to share what we know, wh how we're born. It's an exchange and they teach me stuff. I teach them stuff. And it's like, uh, it's a responsibility. And, you know, on the show, Fear the Walking Dead, the only two Latinos there is, is me and Ruben Blades, mm. Ruben Blades. We are the only Latinos in the entire universe. For me, it's huge to play a woman in the apocalypse that is from Mexico, from Tijuana, actually. And it's like little girls, young Latina girls, they really, it's like what you said in a way, like if you can open a door for someone to see themselves in that place, it really works. It's weird. It's so weird, but they, and, and, and it just, it just creates something. I don't know what it is, but it creates, it's like, if he could do it, I can, I can do it too. Yeah. If she celebrates who she is, I can, I want to do it too. And, 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 it, and that's what we're supposed to be about. It's like, uh, let's learn how to make arepas. Let's learn how to make ayacas and arroz con pollo. And it's I fun. Love I love that. about. And then, but I'm glad that you brought up your character. If that's okay. I know that I'm sure that, that you covered it a little bit in some of the other podcasts. But here's the thing. A lot of people are wondering if there was somebody that would survive the apocalypse, it would be <laughs> your character because you've been through everything. And so I love what you bring to that role. And actually, you know, if you want to get a little bit on the on the a uh, little bit more in depth in that, I think it represents Latinos overall. We can survive anything. And yes. even though right now I, I obviously understand that just based on the numbers that I'm seeing on the infections and COVID and all this stuff that's going on. Latinos are being really hit hard because they're the ones that are the most exposed to the virus because they can't afford to work from home. We're very lucky, obviously, that we can afford to at least be online and all of that. Yes. Latinos are figuring out a way to survive. And, and that's the one thing that people might not understand about people. Like any, any person of color relates to us because they understand what it's like. And obviously working class, whites, they, they understand that aspect of it. Like you got to survive no matter what. And I remember, it's been a while back, but I remember reading a story about, um, um, I think it was about a rabbi being asked, who would you help, you know, especially in the Jewish community, right? Like, who would you help first? Someone who was like recently, like, like, like a wealthy person or middle class or someone who was like maybe, you know, working class and maybe they lost their job or maybe they were in a really tough spot. And I remember that, you know, I was reading the story a while back and he said, well, the rabbi said, I would probably help that middle class, like, you know, person first because they've never been in that environment before this is the hmm. first time that they got hit by that try and then wow. obviously it's counterintuitive because you were thinking no that bravo would probably help the working class like no because here's the thing the working class <laughs> have always figured out a way to survive no matter what and that's another reason why speaking of kinship with different communities i feel like, I, feel, I feel a kinship with with the, the jewish community because i look at the history because you and i are nerds right and yes. i look at the history of how the Hollywood ecosystem was built. And guess wow. what? It's not that different from you and I, because if you actually look at the history of the, the founders of the studios, many of them had accents. 
many of them came from what, like Eastern Europe, Middle Europe, like all this, that, like they all kind of come from similar communities. So obviously they, many times they moved to New York first and they eventually traveled back to the US. So the, the establishment of this Hollywood ecosystem was made just like you and I. So it brings mm -hmm. me back to your character, to you, even yourself, the, the, the way that you're an entrepreneurial woman is that that's why this ecosystem is gonna continue to go on because there's fresh infusion of vision, hunger, talent, uniqueness mm -hmm. people that are so amazing like you so that's no. why i think we're going to continue to thrive and i think that's what people were missing in this hollywood industry that latinos are just kind of like we're finally coming into this world and we're finally coming into being and people weren't used to us maybe they only saw us as mates or or yeah. drug dealers <laughs> and, and poor yes. people cleaning like i remember seeing a show even that i, I remember what was that show black black af on netflix right i was watching that show and I remember there was an episode about women empowerment, but yet in the background, guess who was cleaning? It was the Latinas cleaning on that show. And I thought, oh, I wonder if they did that on purpose or if maybe the showrunner is not self-aware about that aspect of it. But now that I see, this is what makes me so proud about you and everybody else, right? But specifically you, you're killing zombies out there. And people are like, what? <laughs> this character is killing zombies. You don't understand, seeing such a badass, that hero, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, she's out there surviving in the world. And the fact that you're such a three dimensional human <laughs> being, like the person that's playing that character. So um, may I say this word in Spanish? They call it chingona. I call it chingona. <laughs> and I think that's very reflective. If we go back to this character, that is very Latino. And I think that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why people relate to it. So I know that you knew all this, but I think for people watching, if yes. they're curious, if they're somehow still living in a rock and they don't know about your show or your character, <laughs> I think they might want to check it out because it's very reflective what Latinos uh, go through. It's always the hustle of, of, of moving forward. And I feel like I attract characters that I resonate with a mindset in a way. I, I don't, I never attract characters that are like superficial. <laughs> they are always like on the opposite angle of the, of the spectrum. And, and I think I attract that because I want to represent not the superficial side of society. I want to represent the hustle side, the raw side, the real side, the, the, you know, the, the, the things I want to represent the things that change us. And mm. I think that when we put ourselves in a place of hustling, you are exposed to, you're ready to deal with whatever comes at you. And, and to be honest with you, that's the fun part. I mean, who wants like a predictable life? It's uh, I feel like people, I said this before, people think that now that we're adults, we have to hustle. We have to hustle when we're kids too. Like growing up, it's a hustle. You have to learn how to walk, how to like freaking talk. I, I, I mean, yeah. language is not easy to us. Like if, if you put a baby in the jungle, they're not going to speak Spanish. They, they're going to do things like language is hard, like to learn, like it doesn't come natural to the human. So we really have to hustle. We have to go to school and learn and deal with mom and dad. And like, just because you're an adult and you start to hustle doesn't mean that you've never hustled before. Like people are so afraid of the word hustling. Like it's, it's like, oh, so much work. No, you've been hustling from day one. This is just a different stage on your hustling life, but it, it will continue forever. You know, then being a parent, it's like, it's a you have to teach your kids how to hustle too like how to be better it's not easy and 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 i and i feel we just have to put ourselves in that mindset and and just 
move on with it, right? I, I think so. I, I Well, first of all, I appreciate the fact that you always play really strong women. And people think like, oh, is it just tough and the muscles? By the way, you're always in shape and I see you. <laughs> but it's strong women that are mentally, uh, spiritually and all. And they get challenged. That's a good thing about the characters that, that, that they, I'm glad that you're getting a chance to play that. And you're going to continue to play though because you're sh- demonstrating that really strong core that that's, that's, that's really inspirational for everybody else. And that's why I think, by the way, not just women relate to you. Men, I'm one of them, by the way. You're yeah, not just yeah. because you but but that's another cool thing i don't know if people will do that but like i'm able to distance myself from knowing you and just mm-hmm. enjoy the character and be like you know what that is the coolest thing ever because i see the yeah. choices that sometimes may- maybe you make and i'm like of all the takes they, they probably i'm sure that you're always giving them like a- amazing choices for so i'm mm-hmm. sure that they love you on that show but here's the thing about strong women that you you play but also the the, the hustle aspect of it you're never gonna stop even if you're at the verge, this this is the difference with other people that experience success. Even if you experience, like most people would just sit on their laurels and celebrate and pop up bottles of champagne <laughs> and be like, we made it. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. This is part of my imposter syndrome. Even if I'm in surreal rooms, right? Like let's say I collaborated with the Academy. I collaborated with all this different. I've been in rooms that I never thought I was going to be part of. Maybe it's my, a little bit of that immigrant mentality sometimes, right? But <laughs> I feel like, do I belong here? That's my first instinct, by the way. And how long is this going to last? Right? Because I'm like, oh, and then I, I don't know if you've done this before. And it's not because I feel uncomfortable or anything, but I'm like, many times I'm usually engaging with the staff. Like, for example, I see waiters and the people and I'm like, hey, como esta? La, la. And by the way, they take care of you, by the way. If you if you speak the language and everything, they, they're like, oh, este, this guy's not a sangrón. This guy's not a bub. Like, oh, I'm cool. Like, I, and many times I remember at those award shows, like the red carpet and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, when people go take the cigarette breaks and all that, and you yeah. see the employees hanging out and they see you there and they're like, hey, I can relate to you. We're, we're the same people, man. Like, we're good. And they're like, oh, my God. And I always felt that about you, that no matter what, you're very humble. You can relate to people that are hustling out there from the subsistence, you know, subsistence level. Like people are just trying to make it and they see you. The other part of it is that that aspect that where you feel like even if you experience success, we know that we have to do better. Like we're yes. never going to say, llegamos al limite. Here's the thing. We're always going to try to go past it. And I think it also has to do with, um, you know, the difference between rich and being wealthy, right? Yes. Going back to that goal. A lot of people think that, oh, nada más ser rico, ser middle class, or Right. I think people when they're when they're reaching not just for material wealth, but mm-hmm. we're talking about friends, environments, community is because they're trying to pass that on to the next generation. And I was thinking about this the other day because I was actually mm-hmm. talking to my brother, who's a mechanic, by the way. Well, he's more than a mechanic. He owns a business that fixes cars and and, okay. you know, tailor made all that. However, but he's super humble that he's always tinkering under the hood, too. You know, and I love yeah. that about him. But I always felt like. If my brother and I would have gone into the same business, let's just say that we would have, I don't know, moved to LA together. I've always dreamed about hustling together and creating movies uh-huh. together, right? He went into a different industry that I went to. Um, but I always felt like if we both had grown up with mentors like you, like myself, you know, I know that he would have like created a dynasty of businesses and passed that family business down to generation to generation. So 
I guess what I'm trying to build with you, and I guess we're both kind of conspirators in this. That's why I love this about you. That we're not, we're, we're not just satisfied with helping our generation, the ones that are now coming up, that we want to instill the better sense of, you know, the better angels in, our, in everybody's nature to not just pull people up, but I'm sure that your son and everybody else in your family, mm -hmm. they know that this is what they need to be. Have a totally. responsibility for pulling up the next generation, but also can no, we don't we don't just stop growing we continue and then yes. pass it on to the next generation is so important so now that we're doing that i feel now that latinos right it's the ones that i usually gravitate to because it's our tribe mm -hmm. i've always been very inclusive and i'm so glad that you appreciate that too because you do the same oh my thing gosh. yes nuestra gente when all this stuff that was happening with uh economic inequality injustice going on in the world, especially you saw what happened with obviously with B, you know, BLM, you know, Black Lives Matter. I think it's important for us to open up and, and there's so much diaspora and issues going on like that. Where it's not just to our, our communities that are going through this. And I feel that I feel hopeful. And I think that's the difference with you. You are also very hopeful. Yes. That even though the conditions seem to be one of the worst, especially here in our country, we're not giving up. So this is where we marry everything that we discuss, right? The hustle, the hopefulness, mm -hmm. the traveling and the tribe together, making each other better and paying solutions. it forward. How, how can we keep finding the solutions to keep growing? I, I, think, I, I think that there's a beautiful saying that said the ones that survive are the ones that are the most adaptable. So how That's can right. we adapt who we are to be the best version of us? And not just that, but teach the others that this is the way by example. That's all. That's another thing too that I, I think we need to also teach by by being an example of you know you have to sell what you are you, and be that person. Like I love people, but I, I'm gonna really I'm gonna be really lovable to people. I'm not gonna just treat them wrong. I'm gonna give them my best every day. It's a responsibility to mm. to everybody. Like be being an example is it's hard work, but it's 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 the best way to introduce our next generation to a different journey. You know, I, I, I did some work here in Austin because I work here on the show for the Boys and Girls Club. And, and I really focus so much on how can we be an example for each other? Mm. You know, you look up to me, I want to, I look up to you too, even though you're 10 years old. I look up to you just, just because there's a 10 year old child doesn't mean that it's not, it's not someone that I should not respect. I, I, I should respect that little girl. Like it's a young woman to be, you know, like it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's something that we have to earn and keep working for forward. And, and we've been hit hard in our communities. Yeah. We've been hit hard. And, and, but again, we are so resilient, resilient. And, 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 and that's why I wanted to start this podcast with you, Ben, and talking about giving back. Uh, I mm. wanted to say, and everybody should hear this. I, I wanted to tell you that I'm so grateful for that because I appreciate education so much because I'm a product of like fantastic mentors. You being one of them. Every time I talk to you, I feel like when I hang up the phone, it's like, I have so much going on in my head. Right now. I, I have so much. I need to go for a run to digest everything Ben just said because I want everything to be and and you are like that person. You're like that person that you call and you hang up the phone and you feel smarter. You feel more centered. You feel like 
you feel like you got somebody in your back and 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 that is for all the latinos black like uh, african american community every, you know be surround surround yourself towards those people that when you hang up the phone you are you feel more centered you're like i i i have a friend i have a how do you call it you you have a um a saying for these people for for the ones that are like um Inspirator. that's right Inspirator. It's like we're, we're we're building this together, and it feels it, it feels like a secret mission. I it always does. tell people, like be, trying to conquer Hollywood. It you know, by the way, you know, it's it's something that's gonna it's it's gonna happen. I already tell people, yeah. but it, it feels almost like a like a heist in some case because all of us have our our secret powers, and we're doing it together. <laughs> it feels totally. more more excited because I'm like, oh, I see the night kicking butt on this, and then I see yeah. like Jorge Gutierrez, and I see all the people that. That we we work with with Melissa Barrera, I love her. Oh She's fantastic. Tanya like Saracho, Gloria Calderon, like all these folks that are just so amazing. And every day I'm inspired. That's why sometimes I apologize to people that might follow me on Twitter is because I'm constantly saying props, kudos, congratulations. <laughs> because I have to yeah. I have to make sure that people know who they. they of course, they already know who they are, but I want to make sure we celebrate. Um, I do want to ask you one more question because I, I I'm wondering we're entering 2021, right? So what better way to uh, I don't know when it's gonna air, but just in you're case, gonna be I'm the first you're gonna be the first guest one of the first guests of 2021 actually. Awesome. Okay, so I'm my first Latino guest. What I love it. <laughs> what, do you mind covering your I don't know how, how you do your your news resolution? Do you do a list or you have like uh, one specific goal? I don't know if you want to cover yours and I'll cover mine. What do you think? So my new year's my my new year's resolution uh is double down on everything i learned this year like mm -hmm. i've learned i was I, I went from one extreme to another i was working full on on the show and before that i did two movies uh which you know both of them which is spiked and um baby money so I did those two movies, then I did a mini series, and then I went back on the show and then crash, lockdown. Mm -hmm. Like uh in in and during the time that I was by myself, I had two options: either shut down, like the world is shutting down, or hustle. Hustle meaning like I cannot uh, the world needs people awake right now. We can't allow ourselves to just shut down. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. And and I started doing these karaoke and chats and I discovered a community and this community now we have, this podcast was born out of that. And, and I wanted to double down on that and always feel like it's, it's always be curious and not afraid to try things. Like, like people would call me and like, tonight, how, you're doing karaoke like on, uh, with whom? I'm like, I don't know. There are like four people showing up why would you do that well i don't know i just feel like i want to make people feel better it actually makes me feel better then the next month will be like 10 people eh, 10 people showed up but guess what we sang i feel better i i really i'm giving something good i'm contributing to their well-being they i don't know them but hey they seem really good people and they grew into something and i want to double down on that curiosity just just show up even though nobody's there show up just show up wake up and just sit down and start talking do create momentum there are people out there that need you and you don't realize about it and 
I really want to double down on that. I discovered that part of myself in 2020, which is crazy. In the darkest year, just realized that just show up even though you're standing there alone. Somebody's going to follow you and be like, hey, you're still here. Yeah, I'm going to come back tomorrow <laughs> and show up on time too. Don't be like a, you know, Latino time. <laughs> don't, don't be like a... <laughs> Show up and just like come up with plans and, and do it. And don't worry about what people are going to think or say, who's going to show up. Don't be afraid. I want to double down on that, which is a huge one. Because um, you discover a part of you that you didn't know you had, like this podcast. Like I, I'm collecting and growing seeds with you. I'm touching base with people that I love and I care about. And I just want to shine light on everybody. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I, I do that. I want to, I want to go back to study. I want to, I really want to go find, I want to be, be present in one of your summit, uh, constantly. I, I feel like I got so much out of it. I want to learn more about how, what's going to happen to us after 2020, hmm. how our business is going to transform and change. I want to be part of that transformation, learning from that. and. And I, I just want to be there for people. I really do. Uh, I really do. I, I feel like more than ever, I feel like being united, like conversations like this, it just, it changes my entire week. You know, it changes my month. It makes sense. It feels good. Yeah. I'm going to take that advice. Definitely. I'm, I'm going to take that advice, especially because to me, I think I'm going to borrow that one because, uh, Sometimes, because I'm so used to being behind the scenes, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I'm not used to being in front of cameras or doing all of that. I mean, a little. You're bit so more good at it. You're such a good speaker. I, I I worry sometimes. Like I, people don't know this, but you know this about me. I'm a joker. I I <laughs> I, I my sense of humor is sometimes a little wicked, but whatever. But I love to be able to relax, especially when I trust people around me and everything. But. I still have, and I, I need to probably go to your karaoke because I need to borrow that from you, which is dance and sing. Like you don't care, like even if nobody's watching, even if somebody's watching, <laughs> it doesn't matter. And I, I'm gonna I'm take that as let go. I let still go. haven't been able to let go. I'm still a little tense inside because of 2020, this year has been tough. And so tough. I'm gonna take that lesson from you. I really appreciate that you sharing that with me. And then obviously the second one, I keep learning. Um, that's very simple. You're say, que copion, ben. You're copying everything about me. Uh, no, I, 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 it's very inspirational. Well, the learning, I think we both have it, but um, I am obsessed with uh, seeing where this industry is going to go. And I, I already have a pretty good inkling of where things might go. Um, but I, 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 anybody that's watching this, whether you're Latino or not Latino, BIPOC or whatever, I always say this. Technology is going to be one of, in fact, we're, the, the reason we're able to do this show uh, is because of Look at the this. tools. And so now that it's global and we're able to utilize technology, I would double down on that premise. Um, um, I want to learn more about, and now people are probably thinking about this, like machine learning, AI, <laughs> data analytics, because I think that's an area of tech where I think more Latinos need to be represented. Um, I am obsessed with the, um, the convergence of media, tech, and entertainment, and the way this is transforming and will continue to transform the industry. And I'm gonna be honest, like the first books that I remember reading like five years ago by AI, 
I needed to read them like 10 times over because I couldn't under, I couldn't get into it yet. It was really hard to understand. And some people are like, well, it's because of the math. I'm like, no, no, it's you need to kind of like go all the way to understanding linguistics like Chomsky versus like the natural way to figure out, you know, uh, you know, how to duplicate neural networks like the brain. That stuff to me is fascinating because I think, honestly, it's going to transform the way we are and relate to one another. Because right. I don't want to just be talking to a bot. I know that here I am talking to a human being with you. And mm-hmm. I know that you're branded by all these experiences. It's such a rich experience to be talking to you. But I think what's going to happen in the next few years is that if we don't understand these tools and resources, we're going to fall like the way we fell behind 40 years in yes. Hollywood. My feeling is that if we don't understand that and have a pretty good grasp of it and understand the way that we can even launch our own products, that we could fall behind another 50 years in that specific wow. space. And I don't ever want to fall that. So that's keeping me grounded because now I'm having fun. And this is my recommendation. I'm going to continue to look for the, the, the names like you of the world in tech and music yes. and other industries, because I think the more diverse opinions and perspectives that we have, it makes us better people. So totally. I guess that's my new resolu- resolution. I got one more, which is health. Um, this yes. year I had a little bit of a, well, I have multiple health scares, but it's mostly because, um, I'm diabetic. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I guess my, you know, I don't have vices. Like I'm not a, you know, I don't drink that much alcohol or mm-hmm. any, any vices, right? My vice yeah. is sugar. It's food. <laughs> and, and during the pandemic, this my is God. So that was hard. Stress. So I'm always stress eating sometimes. So what I, and so this is my, my new resolution is to continue to get healthy, to continue to, uh, um, because I want to be alive longer yes. to get to do the work that I do and to mm-hmm. continue to empower people just like you, because yes. I want to make sure that we have an impact longer. So I guess everybody that's watching, I, I hope that everybody's healthy and, and that we're able to beat this thing, you know, uh, every, yes. you know, the vaccine nation and everything takes but i think it's not going to take into effect like the full vac- vaccination until the third quarter of 2021 but i yes. really hope that our community comes back but at least for those who are like me that might not take care of themselves let's do it together let's go on runs and yoga and share yes. each other's stories so that nate thank you for thank for you everything that you do and for being such an inspirational Oh my God! No, look who's talking. You're you're the one that has inspired the entire the entire Latino community in this business. You have elevated our game in so many areas, in the areas of writing, producing, directing, showrunners. Like you have tapped into so many areas. Actors, uh, women act actresses. I've met so many of beautiful girls that I would never meet unless I, ha- I have a job with them. But I-, I got to meet them in an environment, which is in this case, Nalip or like events. And you put us together. And I wanted to thank you and, and thank ev- your vision for-, for uniting us to be not just uniting us, but to also make us better, make us smarter, like giving us path, encouraging, you know, lighting up the path for us every single day. and and. By doing that, we we just letting it up for the next generation, and 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 if you can do it, I can do it, and they can do it too, and and, and we do it together. It's it's uh, you're one of those cheerleaders that uh, it's it's important to celebrate and to put the spot uh, the the spotlight on and say, hey, <laughs> it's your time to say something because you've been so great, and I can't wait to see you, you know, grow from from being this 
director of Nalib to like the great producer you are and the stories that you want to tell and produce. It's like, it's, that is so exciting to see what, what you put your mindset on. It's like, um, it's exciting. And we have to work together at some point, obviously. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that up. I think that'll be something that we'll, we'll be exploring in 2021, but definitely, uh, going to get back to what I, the reason why I do this in the first place, which is to continue to be the creative whisperer that I am to be empowered by people like you, but also to get back to producing. So I think that's in the stars already in the North stars to work with you very uh, much sooner than you think. So here oh, we go. Oh no, I, I can feel it. I, I felt, I felt it. And, and I'm very, very excited to collaborate in anything, anything that we can do. You know, I'm there, uh, a hundred percent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. I can't wait to see you. Please take good care of yourself. And, uh, we stay in touch, <laughs> collecting and growing seeds with Ben Lopez. <laughs> you want to check us out, just in case you guys are like, what is Nalib? Check out uh, www.nalip.org. And then we're in all pretty much every social media platform. Um, and then obviously we love to connect with you. And by the way, you don't have to be a Latino to be a member of Nalib. As long as you, you, you care about Latinos moving forward, I think we're good to go. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. Always, always. No, my honor is mine. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.